Jewish audio on Chabad.org. The help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Dav Tzadik Dalid. We left off on Dav Tzadik Dalid, Amadalif, eight lines from the top of the Amid. We are learning the sugya of Shinui, whether it is Kaina, whether it's not Kaina. In other words, the Gemara began saying that Omar Abaye, that are five Tanoim that hold that Shinui bimakoimai oimeid, that change remains in its place, meaning that even if an article that was stolen underwent change, for example, it still remains in the possession of its original owner. We brought the first, let's make a quick chazor to Shimon ben Yehuda. Rab Shimon ben Yehuda said his din regarding the mitzvah of Reish's Hagez, that a person who shares the wool of one's lambs, you have to give it to a kayan, you have to give a part of it to the kayan, and as we spoke out yesterday, Medrabonin, a 60th. But from how much? From the sharings of five lambs, that's the minimum amount, and not only that, each lamb, each lamb needed to produce wool that weighs at least one mana and a half. Before you hit the five lambs, you don't have to give anything to a coin. So what happens if when the owner who was shearing the wool off the lambs dyed it, he painted it? Tzavoy. So Rabbi Shimon Yehuda was the opinion that even though he painted it, which means it underwent a change, you still mitztare if you combine one with the other. Because it didn't change. It stays where it is. That was the first Tana that Abaya says that holds, that Shinoi b'mekayma o'emet. Second one was what we finished off yesterday with, and this is actually for us Chazara, because we had this earlier on in the Masechta, that when the Torah says in Parshas Kiseitzei, that that Hashem does not want for a gift that was given to a Zayna to be offered on the Mizbeach. So the question is, if a person gave a Zayna gift, let's say kernels, and she transformed it, or someone else transformed it into flour. So now, do you say that now that it's not the Esnan Zoyna itself, now maybe it could be used. On that, as Abaya understands, quoting Gurion Aspurk, that that's a machloikas between Beishamai and Beisilu. Beishamai holds that it can also not be brought, why? Shinui v'mekaymi Just because you change the physical thing, it's still considered the same. These were the first two. Now let's continue with the third Tana. Again, um, eight lines from the top of the Amid, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Wow. The time the we learned Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Oimer, if a person stole a a quantity of chitin, of kernels of wheat and chana, even if the person then grounded it into flour, lush and then kneaded it, and even if the person baked it, in other words, the person totally transformed it, now the person is separating challah. By the way, ideally challah should be separated when it's still dough. But if a person forgets, and in certain instances, for example, when we bake matzah for Pesach, being that we want to minimize the time from when the water mixes with the flour until it's a finished product, right? It has to be within the 18 minutes. Today we dafka separate challah after the matzah comes out of the oven. In other words, it's good to know that normally challah is separated from dough, Obviously, but there's a minimum amount to be aware that there's an oldest dough in Eretz Yisrael, dough in Chutz Laretz. Even in Eretz Yisrael, it has to be all the Jews entering together, which means it's Midr Abanan. Chutz Laretz, it's Kilo, a double Midr Abanan. Still, there's a shear, lower than the shear, you don't make a bracha. Beyond the shear, you do make a bracha. V'chulei. So it says, Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov, you think you can separate challah? 
if you separate how can you make a bracha? In other words, you can't make a bracha. If you're going to make a bracha, what bracha are we referring to? According to most, we're referring to the bracha of Lahafresh Chala. But says Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov, don't make a bracha. Because it's originated from stolen kernels of wheat. That's a blessing. Elamanoids, you're blaspheming God. And Valzen and on this, Dovr HaMelech says in Tehillim, that Boitzeyach, here we're teaching Boitzeyach, a thief, that Boitzeyach Beireich, that if a thief is the one making the bracha, he's not blessing God, he's Nihetz Hashem, he's blaspheming Hashem. By the way, there are others who interpret that the bracha that he's referring to is not Lahaf Rishchalo. It's the Birchas Hanehenen. You know, you, 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 you did everything, you separated challah and you're making a bracha. And by the way, there's a halacha that if a person eats food that's not kosher, they're not allowed to make a bracha. Because you're blessing God. This pasik, boitzeya beireich. Here, boitzeya doesn't mean stealing. But here it means, you know, if you are breaking bread, which is not kosher, or any other food, and your blessing is you're blaspheming God. Now, if you would hold that shinui, a change in the physical object changes, so to say, its ownership. Then you would argue, one second, the Ganaf only stole kernels. Now it was totally transformed. Not only did he make it into flour, he made it into dough, he made it into a, a, a piece of bread. And if it's considered a new object that belongs now to the Ganaf, even though true, he did a terrible act of Geneva, but why would we say, Boitzeya Berech Hashem? It must be, Rabbi Yasser bin Yaakov holds, that Shinoi bimukaymah Even though it underwent change, it's still considered the same original item, which is stolen, don't make a bracha. So having said that, this is kosher. In the late 70s, when I was growing up in Brazil, my father, who was selling them curtains, used to travel a lot to other countries, and before he traveled, he always got a bracha from the Rebbe. And whenever he got a bracha from the Rebbe, he was encouraged to gather Jews in that location, wherever he went, and fabreng with them. My father is a great fabrenger, amongst many other things. So he, went, he once went to Peru. He went to a place where he gathered a few Jews. And the food that they put together was not kosher, to their ignorance. So he called up Chadikov, he called up the Rebbe's secretary, to ask the Rebbe what to do. So the Rebbe told him that he should tell them, not to inalari itreif, that you can't make a bracha on food that's treif. And you should make a bracha on the water. And it goes without saying that no one ate anything else. But that was a very, not musardika, that was an uplifting, intelligent way. You know, the Rebbe B'thruh HaKadosh knew what they needed to hear. That when they understood, they, okay, you know, like, how can you eat treif? Eating treif, don't make a bracha. How can you make a bracha if you're eating treif? That has a very deep effect on people. Vaiter. Rab Shem and Elazar Mayi, now up to the fourth Tana, the time we learn, Klaus, Elmer Rab Shem and Elazar, that kol shevach shish biach gazlon, we're speaking about a thief, that stole an animal and invested money to make the animal more valuable. And now the Ganef wants to do tshuva and he wants to return the animal to its owner. But hold on. You want to return the animal to its owner. Let's say the animal was worth $100 when he stole it. Because of his investing, uh, he gave the animal a lot of food. The animal now was worth 150 So it says Rav Shimon Lazar that the Shevach belongs to the Gazlan. Now, obviously, he has to return the animal. Whenever we learn these uh, Mishnah's braises, but uh, 50 extra dollars, the owner has to return to the Gazlan because he made it more valuable. Yadei al al In other words, the Gazlan is the one that's going to walk out winning. If he wants, he gets 
Like I mentioned the $50. He doesn't keep the animal. He gives the animal back, but he gets the difference in price. Ratza, and if the, ganav, if the gazlin wants, he tells the owner, Here, this is yours, take it. These words make no sense. Has to be referring to an opposite case, where the animal became devaluated. Became depreciated. Devalued. And... Nevertheless, he can claim that I'm fulfilling my mitzvah of a heshev asagzela. Here, this is yours. So the Gemara right away asks, my karma, these words, if the animal got better, don't fit. So Amar Yeah, the is speaking about two cases. If the animal became uh, appreciated, valued more, then yes, the gazlan has to give back the animal, but naitl shivchai, he will demand of the owner and halachically receive that added price. But kachash, if it deteriorated, then the owner cannot tell the ganav, hey, when you stole it, it was worth 100, now it's only worth 30. You never fed the poor animal. No? He gives him back the animal and he tells him, why? Because the shinoi b'mekai because even though the animal underwent a change, a negative change, it still belongs to the owner. So whose animal became devalued? The owner's animal. Here's the animal back. So one second asks the Gemara Iyachi, if that's the case, if the animal still belongs to the owner, then why should it always work to the benefit of the goslin? If the goslin invested money in the animal, yeah, the animal changed, it became worth $150, but here also, why would the owner have to give anything to the goslin? He'll tell, he can tell the goslin, you stole my animal, it's my animal, I'm keeping it. So here the Gemara says, you're right. Really, he would, ha- he would, he would, he would not be able to demand payment. Omni, they explained, In other words, as we're going to start learning in today's daf in more details, we learned already in Masech Gitin. remember that? The Takanas Moresh, Rabbi Yechnen ben Gudgeda, that if a person steals a beam and puts it into his house to build a tower, then does tshuva. Really, since the article is th- still ben, it's just in the house, you would have to return it. But that might demotivate someone of doing tshuva. And we want to promote tshuva. So they made a takana that hey, once it's built into the house, give him back the money. But as we'll see in today's daf, this concept underwent various stages. So this is another similar takana sashavim. A gazlan stole. He on his own wants to do tshuva. But he invested money and worked to make the animal more valuable. If the gazlan is going to know that all of his efforts are for vain, he might not want to do tshuva. It's harder to do tshuva, to, 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 to inspire him to do tshuva. He tell him, listen here, you invest the time, now that you're doing tshuva, give him back the animal, and that time was not in vain. You'll get paid for the shvach. But the bottom line is, is that if kachash, he gives him back the animal, and he says, that's the fourth tana, that's shinoi b'mekoi and the final tana, this is all abaya chavra. As we'll see soon, we're going to go through every single one again. How great. Rabbi Shmuel, my, the Tanya. Mitzvah peya. What's the mitzvah peya? When a person has a field, they have a mitzvah to leave an edge. Not edges. It's not payas of the head. To leave an edge of the field for the poor. Here also, there's no minimum share. It's one sixtieth. Should be left or more. We say this every morning. Right after we make the Birchas HaTreda, the Elu Dvarim She'en Lohem Shiur, Hapeya. Hapeya means that there is a minimum rabbinic shear, but there's no max shear. You can leave 99% of your field. You just have to keep something for yourself. Because if you give it all to the poor, it's not called peya. You didn't leave him an edge. You gave him everything. 
But anyways, mitzvah peyol, ideally says the b'raiso l'hafashmanakoma. When the grains are still connected to the ground, they're still standing, that's when you should leave the peya, whatever amount you'll choose to give to the poor. Now, if you did not leave it standing, you already cut your wheat down. Now, the way people cut the wheat down is that before you cut it down, you used to make them into bundles instead of having to run after every single stalk. And after you cut it down, you have sheaves laying on the ground. So says the b'raisa, then separate it from the sheaves. What happens if you forgot? You didn't separate it from the sheaves? In other words, you gathered all the sheaves and you put them on a threshing floor and then you underwent all the various steps how to separate the kernels from the husks and now you have the kernels laying on the ground. You separate it from the uh, pile of kernels. Ah, but that's only correct if you didn't yet smooth out the pile. Because once you smooth out the pile, which is called Gemara Merlacham, now you have the obligation of separating Trumas and Maisris which you were not obligated to separate before the Meiruach. So it's not that you're off the hook for Peah. But now you can't separate Peah. Because in the Peah, part of it, it will be a Tebel Dekapea. And we want that when the poor person receives the Peah, he knows he gets it and he eats it. So you first have to Ma'aser, you have to separate all of the Trumas Umaisris, and then you have to separate Peah, and then you give the Peah to the poor. Now, the Braisa stopped by the Meiruach. Why? Because the Tanakama holds that if the owner of the field not only did Meiruach, but he actually he transformed the kernels into flour, he made it into flour, that's a real shinui, it's an irreversible change, now there's no more peyam. Why is there no more peyam? Because now he acquired it. And as we learned, Benigeh Kahanam Reishas Hageis, not only did he acquire it, normally if I, God forbid, take something from you, I steal, even if I acquire it, I owe you money. But if there's no individual original owner to demand it, to whom will he give the money to? Any poor person who will come to say, okay, you owe me the money of the payah that you should have left, the owner of the field will say, who says you would have gotten it? So he doesn't, have to, he doesn't give. The item he acquires and money he doesn't have to whom to give. That's the Tanakama. However, Mishum Rabbi Shmuel Amru, Af that even if he not only made it into flour like he needed it, he made it into a dough, even though he made a shinui, it still belongs to the poor. The thing itself belongs to the poor. So mafresh v'noisim to the poor. So that's a, that's a fifth proof that Rabbi Shmuel holds, the fifth Tana holds, that shinui b'mukayma I made. Great, simple. Now, here's the problem. As Abayah went through these Tanoim, the second one that we brought, we reviewed it today, was the din of Eslan Zaino, that she got kernels, she got grapes, and she made it into wine. Can you put the wine, Nisuch, on the Mizbeach, for Nisachim? Gurion Aspurk said that the one that says you cannot is Beishamay, which means Beishamay holds Shinri B'mekremo Aymit, which would mean that Beisilol, if he's the one that says that you could offer the wine on the Mizbeach, you could offer the oil on the Mizbeach, holds that Shinoi, like we learned in our Mishnah, once you made a Shinoi, you own it. So how can it be that all of these Tanayim go according to Beishamay? When normally the rule is always, not only do we paskin like Basilo, we say that Beshamai, Bemakim Basilo, is not even a Mishnah. Imagine. So, Amar Papa Labaya, Ichbal Kol Hanatanoel Ashminik Beshamai can be. 
to which Abaye responded, nah. Yes, we had a contradiction in Braises by the Eston Zainam. Right? So Gurion Aspurk was the one that said that the one that said is Asr Beishamai. The one that said is Mutter is Beisilul. That's his opinion. Abai is going to tell you that all the other Tanoim, they did not consider this a Machloik is Beishamai and Beisilul. They hold that the Tana that says Mutter is some other Tana. But the one that says it's opposite is both Beishamai and Beisilul. Beisilul, according to these other Tanoim, also hold that Shinu Bimukaymo Aymit. Which is why they say the same. Bottom line is, Abaya holds there are five Tanaim that hold Shinibi Mekayma Oymit. Comes along Rava. And Rava is going to refute every single one. Ah, Omar Rava, Mimai, hold on. Ah, Dilma. And by the way, we, we touched on this quickly when we were finishing the year yesterday when we learned the, the Toysfus on Omid Base. That Shinibi Mekayma Oymit, like we were not, what's called a Shinoi? Even, even in the case that we brought the first one, Abshim ben Yehuda, that dying it. It's not called a shinoi, but then we learn dying in indigo is called a shinoi. There's different types of changes. And even in the words reversible, there are different levels of irreversibility. So the Gemara is going to argue that in all of the cases that we mentioned, there's a unique circumstance, either halachically or because of the level of change, which is why these Tanoim hold that even though there is some sort of change, halachically it didn't change the status. But generally, Rav is going to argue, they all hold that Shinui actually allows the article to belong to someone else. It changes it. Let's read it inside. It's, it's, very, it's relatively simple. Only in the case of the dye, of the, the painting, the, the, the wool, like we mentioned, because since you can undo the dye by detergent, so it's not a real Shinui. As, again, Toysavus points out, that even Abshim ben Yehuda himself in the name of Rav Shimon, holds that in other circumstances, dyeing it will make it a different article. And you will not be able to say, ah, I shared five lambs. You didn't share five lambs. One is already not even sharing. So one is already something else. Even if it is Beishamai, or if it's both. Maybe when it comes to giving it to God, because a gift that's given to a Zion is repugnant. So maybe this level of most toyavas Hashem goes to the next level, even if you transformed it from one to the other. But if it's not being offered to Hashem Himself, maybe Shinoi will halachically affect the change. The first thing we learned today regarding a bracha, whether it is the birchas of lahaf reshchalo, or whether it is even a birchas anahenin, when you make a bracha, you're, you're, you, you are evoking. Hashem's name. Hasem Elohim Bracha Mishum Dehavalei Oh, not Hashem's name. When it comes to a bracha, and what's the issue of a bracha with Hashem's name? Mishum Dehavalei Mitzvah Habo Mitzvah Habo is something that applies always when the mitzvah is happening when you're doing the sin. That's for sure problematic. In our case, let's not forget that the mitzvah and the aveda are not coming be'idneh. They're not coming at the same time. But what is allowing you to do the mitzvah now? The fact that you did an aveda yesterday. But still, it's a mitzvah that was only made possible. It was facilitated because of a sin of theft. So since you're taking Hashem's name, will stretch the concept of mitzvah hababa aveda even if it's not happening at the same time. But if it wouldn't involve taking God's name, then, uh, then we would say it's a shinui.
by other dinim we say that you know if a person stole something and now you, he changed it and now it's his now it could be used for a mitzvah but not when you take God's name. What's the case of Rabshim ben Elazar? Yeah, by the Ganif who did tshuva, but their din is that if he made it weaker, he can give it back to the owner and tell the owner, you made it bad. Maybe he was only speaking about a reversible change. Like we mentioned, he mel fed the animal. So the animal was worth $100 because it was healthy, and now it's, it's, it's too skinny. But that's something that is reversible. But maybe if it would be an irreversible change, maybe the Ganif would own it, and he would have to pay, like we learned in the Mishnah, back to the owner the value of the animal as it was Bishas Geneva. Broke a leg. I would say broke a leg before modern medicine. I was going to say that. Today, when you break a leg, thank God, you can get healed. Normally, when you broke a leg, that was that. That was that. By the case of So quickly in Rashi. So Rashi says that in Parshas Kedoshim Tiu. Look at Rashi's name to the Parshas. Etc. Etc. And it says So that's the first time the Torah mentions you have to leave the payer for the poor. But That's Parshas Emoir. People call it even until today because on Yom Tov we read that Parsha. So in Parsha Shoyed V'Chesed, it says again the whole mitzvah. I'm reading inside Rashi. And the Torah ends again with the words Tazoi V'Yisam. So why does Hashem repeat it? To tell you that pay is unique. That you have to leave it, you have to leave it. Even if you made a change, you made it into dough, still leave it. Now, says the Gemara, hold on. Okay, I get it. By pay you have a Pasuk. But now that the Torah revealed through the word Tazoi that even though you change it, you still have to give payam. You know, there's something called the binyanav. Let's learn from payam that even if you changed it, it's still the mekayim So the Gemara says, no, you can't do that. Because matnas aniyam shani, you can only make a binyanav to similar cases. You can't compare apples to oranges. Matnas aniyam is different. And as we find, he wondered when Rabbi Shmuel says you have to give payah even from dough, is it because he holds which is what Abaya is suggesting, which is what Abaya holds? Here, Rav is disagreeing. Maybe, like the Rav is asking, even Rabbi Shmuel holds is kaina. Now the Gemara says, by the way, if that's the case, now because it says that if that's the case, then then why did you need a Taz of Yaseda? And furthermore asks the Gemara, according to the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon hold, it's only from the Meruach that you have to give. But the Rabbanon hold, once you made it into flour, you don't give payam. What do they do with the Tazif? Taz of Yaseda, the Kosovo and Lomali. So here the Gemara says, I have an answer. And we had this din. What's the din? First of all, to know that, that you only have to separate Trumas from Maestris and give the Matna Saniyam from something that belongs to you. Something that's Hefker, you, you take it and you eat it. So what happens if a person owns a vineyard, for example, and he's mafkered it? Halachically, however you do it, it's ownerless. Now that it's ownerless, there's no Chiyuv on Matna Saniyam and there's no Chiyuv for Trumas from Maestris. But the same owner, the next morning, the Hishkim he wakes up next morning, and he reacquires it. And he, and he harvests it. So now what? 
So says the Braisa like this. When it comes to the dinam of Peret, Oilis, and Sheikh Hopeyam, Peret is when, a, when, you, when you're harvesting the field, a few individual grapes fall on the ground. You've got to leave it. Oilis is when you're harvesting your vineyard, if some clusters are still underdeveloped, so you have to leave them connected, you have to leave them for the poor. Shikha is mamish like by grain, that when you're gathering the clusters, if you forgot a few, whatever the number is, if you got a large amount, you can go back and get it. If you got a smaller amount, you have to leave it. And pay um, all of that, Yachayev, even though there was a period when it was Hefker. However, and why is that? So Rashi goes through case by case, because for every single one of the Matnasanim, it says, Ta'azoiv, leave it, to teach you, leave it, even though there was a moment when there was a Shasaptur. So that's what the Tazav will be used for. Okay, so bottom line is, uh, Rava is challenging Abaya, and it remains a Machlekes Abaya and Rava. What Abaya holds, that all of these five Tanoim hold, Shinoi B'mukayma Oymet. Rava holds that even these five Tanoim normally will hold, like in the case of our Mishnah will hold, no, Shina makes a change. Like in the case of Geneva, if you steal something, and you made, it, you made a change, then it's yours, you owe the money. Those cases, each one has a unique din. Says the Gemara, Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Halacha is, Kedab Shimon ben Allah in the case, he stole an animal, the animal became weak, the, and the person does tshuva, he gives it back to the owner, and he tells him, Harei shal chalafonech. Oh, which again, the way Abaya learned, the way Abaya learned, means, Shinui, Demekai Mo'emet. So, Frek, the Gemara, Mi, Amr Shmuel, Hachi, Shmuel said, the din that we learned a lot earlier in the Masechtim called meaning that if I'm the mazik, you're the nizik. If my animal killed your animal, your animal was worth $100 when it was living. Now that it's dead, the carcasses were 10. So we learned that when they assess how much do I owe you, they don't say I owe you 100. They say no, the carcass belongs to the original owner. Shinui stays to the original owner. Eloma, I have to pay you the $90 difference. So, and Shmuel was the one that said that that's only a unique law by damages. But let's say if I steal an animal that's worth 100 and I kill it, I cannot give you back the carcass and then only pay you $90. We don't do that because obviously he holds that the moment the animal died, it's a change. Shinoi is not Vimekayma Oymet. I own the carcass. I have to give you, sounds fairer. I took a living animal, I got to give you back a living animal, or the value of a living animal, not the carcass and the difference. So, which would imply that he holds Shinui Lav the Oimed. Now, says the Gemara, one second, according to Rav, it's not a problem, as we just learned, because Rav limited the case of Rav Shimon ben Olazer, the first white line on the bottom. Bishlam, according to Rav, that told you that Shimon ben Olazer also holds that Shinui Kainim. Where did he say Shinui ben Oimed was only by Chasha Dahadar, only by a reversible damage? The animal became skinny. That's only by Chasha the Hadar. And when did Shmuel say that Right, if a Ghan have stolen animal, yeah, and it's dead, that's irreversible. Or if it broke a leg, that's irreversible. But according to Abaya, this is fantastic. That the Amar, that Ki even in Abaya did not make such a difference. So my it's a stira between Shmuel and Shmuel. So says Abaya answered that. Abaya Masni Hachi. Abaya says you Pashit had a wrong tradition as to what did Shmuel say. That Amr Vudam Shmuel turning to Tzadik Daladam Abayis, not that he paskin like Rabbi Shmuel Ben Olazer. The opposite. 
that Shmuel said that Amru, that there are those people that want to say the halacha is like Shemuel and Elazar. And the way Abai understands it, Abai was criticizing. There are those people that want to say that the halacha is like Shinui B'mekayim Oimid. But it's not true. Shmuel himself says, Shmuel does not hold of that. Shmuel holds, like he mentioned, that lo yilishamin lo yilaganaf lo yilagazlan. In other words, if someone steals an animal and they change it, it does belong to the ganav, the animal itself. And what they owe is the full value of that animal that it had while b'sha'a sagazelom. Continuing the Gemara more about change. Amaisim it change. Now certain things will get very clear in the summit. Gezela hanishtanes choyzeres be'enel a stolen article that underwent physical change, returns to his owners as is. It appears, mamush, the opposite of our Mishnah. You stole it, even though it changed. And ironically, he's learning it from the same Pasuk that we quoted yesterday when we learned the Mishnah to tell you the opposite opinion. What did we quote yesterday? That it says, Veheshev esagzela asher gozel. So when we learned the Mishnah, we taught when do you have to return to Gzalem? When it is as it was when you stole it. Here Rabbi Echnan says the opposite. That it says, return that which you robbed. The words Asher Gazal are extra, and that's to teach you Mikol Makayim. It was in all cases, return it. I it changed, it still belongs to the original owner. Asks the Gemara, the Imtaimim Mishnah Seino. Rabbi Echnan didn't learn our Mishnah. The whole, learn, the whole din of our Mishnah was, once it changes, the Ganav keeps it. He gives him back the value as it had B'Sha'as HaGzela. So says the Gemara, our Mishnah is Mishum Takana Sashavim. Really, Rabbi Yechinen is telling you a Chiddush that Midoi Raisa Shinoi is not Koina. And therefore you would have to return what you stole no matter how it looks right now. But as we mentioned, that will go against someone who's a robber. Because he's going to have to give back everything that he stole. So to make his life easier, in other words, to make it easier for him to do tshuva, they made it lenient for him. Now that it's changed, you get to keep it. Eloma, you have to give back the value. That's the way we understand Rabbi Yechanan. So says the Gemara, how can you say that? Since Rabbi Yechanan says that halachic is Mishnem and Vitnan, quoting is Mishnem that we learned yesterday by Reishas Hagez, so the owner, a man has sheep and he's sharing them. And he has to give a 60th to a Kayan after he shares five animals. But you have to ha- accumulate it. And if if he didn't yet separate the until he died the sharings of one, two, whatever, the prior sheeps. So we're quoting a Stamishtan that says he no longer has to give from that. It's not even counted one of the five. Because a Shinoi, does make it now belong to the owner. It no longer is a sharing of, a, of wool. It's a shinui. Answers the Gemara, Amar Luhu, Omer Rabbanan. So a rabbi answered, and which rabbi was that? Rabbi Yaakov Shmei, Ledidim Ifarsh eliminated Rabbi Yechanan. Now let me clarify and say what Rabbi Yechanan says. Here's a Chayin Chavra. Even Rabbi Yechanan is moida, that when you have, let's remember this, a irreversible change is kaina. Shinui kaina. Not the Mekayim Oimet. And which is why dying, according to this Tana, is considered the irreversible change. Once you died it, it's no longer considered dual. And therefore you are exempt from Reish Hagez. 
However, what is our Mishnah referring to? Our Mishnah is speaking about a Ganav that stole, as we mentioned yesterday, already fashioned pieces of wood, and he put them together into a utensil. If he would simply take it apart, it would go back to be exactly the way it was. A irreversible change is not kainah, midoy rais. But the, on this, Rabbi Yechanan is saying that midrabanan, because of takana sashavim, a person, imagine, he made effort, he put a utensil together. Yes, he can dismantle it and it will go back to the way it was, is. But that, the Ganef will think that all of my efforts were in vain. The Ganef will have it much easier if he can be able to, if he can claim, listen, the pieces that I used to fashion the Kaili were worth $100. I'll give you back $100. But at least let my efforts have value. They also have value. And, and that's exactly what the Chachamim did. They want to make it easier for people to do tshuva. And he keeps that utensil. Let's say the pieces are worth 100. His effort makes it worth 120. Because he fashioned it into a table. Then you can take it apart, go back to boards, go back to beams. Yeah. But the Chachamim says, allow him to keep the table. But the reason why Shinoi is the reason why we need a takana for him to, uh, to, uh, to be allowed to keep it, that's because our Mishnah is only speaking about a case that, that what he did is reversible. Let's read it inside. He already stole fashioned pieces of wood, planed pieces of wood, and he made them into kalim. He is able to reverse them and to make them be exactly as they were when he stole them. That is why Rabbi Yechanan says that so you have to return the boards. In the Mishnah in, that speaks about Reishas Hagez is speaking about painting wool, dyeing wool. Dyeing wool is irreversible. And that's, that's what we learned yesterday. So Atkan, we're up to irreversible change is kind of. Not only that, according to Rava, even all of the Tanoim that we mentioned are, agree to that. Those five Tanoim are exceptional cases. However, irreversible, yes, reversible change. Shinri, the Hadar, that is something that the Ganav does not acquire. That does not affect the difference in the ownership. When it comes to Gizela, in a case, not that the person was caught by Beisden. There, they don't do no Takana Sashavim. In other words, if a Ganav stole and people caught me, caught a Ganav, then they don't give him a break. But if a person on their own says, I want to do tshuva, I'm moida, I want to do tshuva, I want to come clean, I stole this table, I made out of stolen boards, the Chachamim made it easier for me to do tshuva by telling me, okay, you got to keep the table, you stole the boards, assess how much it was worth and pay back the money. Correct, correct. Which is why even on this shita, there was Rav Shem Yehuda that says that it's mitztaref, because he holds it's reversible. And that's the question, is it considered reversible or not? In other words, it's not, reversal. it's not reversing by itself. It's reversing by you making another effort. Is that considered reversible or not? Okay, right. Turn it up on. Anudin. Hagazlanim, robbers, malvibilibis, people who lend money on interest. Sheikh Ziru. That they now are doing tshuva, but the word Sheikh Ziru doesn't only imply tshuva, but they want to return to their victims what they stole. Or they want to return the interest. So says the Braisa, remember this, the victims should not accept that payment at all. And not only that, whoever receives it back, Now guys, we have this expression often. Normally people interpret that the Chachamim don't like of what that person did. Look inside the Rashi here. It's on the same, if you look at the side on the left, go up like five or six lines. It's probably 15 lines from the top of the page. 
Ein Ruach Chachamim Neuchaimeno means that Ein Ruach Chachma Vachasidus Bikir Boy. Such a person that indicates that in him there isn't the spirit of wisdom and of Chasidus. Had that Ruach been in that person, he would, the victim wouldn't have accepted the money. Now this has to be clarified. And a lot more. Omar Rabbi Yechanan says, Rabbi Yechanan, the May Rabbi Nishnas Mishnazu. That this Mishnah, it's a Braisa, but this work of, this Tanoic work was introduced during the time of Rabbi. And again, to make it clear, when we learned in Gitan, the Takanas Moresh from Rabbi Yechanan ben Gud Gedosh, that happened generations prior. But that was a whole different takana. That was a takana that if a Ganov stole something, and that thing is be'en, but it's built into, let's say it's built into a house, you don't have to take apart your house. Here we're speaking about something else. Let me just add the following now. Again, there are many different approaches. Let's understand that this was a new takana that was made for people that they made their living from stealing, or they made their living from lending money on interest. Which means that if they would have to return, it's not even about turning, returning the thing itself or not. That we'll get to later. But if they're going to have to return everything that they stole, they'll, they'll remain penniless. Everything they own came from stolen money. They, how can they do tshuva? So here is where they said in the times of Rebbe, listen, he owes the money. But if victims won't accept payment, it's going to motivate him to do tshuva. Because tshuva is really, like the Alter Rebbe says in the Geras tshuva, first of all, from now on I won't steal. But then I, now I have to return what I stole. He, he can't return what he stole unless he'll become a pauper. Not everyone is, is able to become a pauper. Well, what's the meaning of people not accepting this stuff back? What's the, the guy stole it from them. So again, let's, let's, let's limit this. If we're speaking about a person who only stole for a living, yes. which means, yeah, that professional thief, a fraudster, or a person who lends money on interest, a banker. All of the profit came from ribbis. If they lend it to Yidin, that's a person that, uh, and now you know the person on their own is doing shuva. that's a key, not that they were caught. So it's, it's very helpful for that person to know that he can do tshuva and uh, he won't become a pauper. That guy stole money from me, but now he's becoming righteous, I should say, no, 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 he stole Well, do you're wording it in that tone, in that way, yeah, you have a kasha. You word it the way I word it, it sounds a lot nicer. The Ganav, no, the Gazlan, no, 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 the Gazlan stole, he, the, the city's Ganav, he stole from every family in the city, and he on his own is doing tshuva. So tshuva means he's resolving never to steal, but he feels that's not enough, I got to give back. But if I give back, there'll be nothing left. So now that he knows that the Chachana made a Takana, that if he's going to attempt to give it back, he has to attempt to give it back. People should say, I don't want, no, then he's going to do tshuva. If you don't accept it back. But he has to try to give it, as we'll see soon. The, the Tanya is tricky. The Tanya, as we learned, a story with a man, a person wants it to do tshuva, again, on their own. So, number one, that guy needs to make a hachlata, I will not repeat my activity. But now he has to return what he stole. So he's going to return the money, which is everything he owns. So his wife tells him, Reka, you empty one. She's calling him empty, not because he's doing tshuva. He says, you, you want to do tshuva? Even your belt doesn't belong to you. Your pants will fall down. Nothing that you have is yours. So so he says, honey, you're right. You know what? I'm going to go back to stealing. Once a person feels that they can't do tshuva, 
So they'll continue to do their bad behavior. So it's a lose-lose. So what happened? So at that time, the sages instituted that Hagazlanim. Again, people who make their living solely from robbing, which is equal to people who make the living by lending money to Jews, taking interest. Okay, let's add without a hetariske. Sheikh Ziru, that when they on their own do tshuva, ain mekablim mehem. You don't accept, uh, when they, they don't, they, you don't accept, the victim should not accept their own money back. And not only that, mekablim mehem, ain rochacham neichimenum. Now, guys, there's going to be another detail. Let me just say it by heart now. That if what the Ganav stole is Be'en, then he has to give it back. And then you accept it. We're only speak, uh, the Gemara is going to clarify that. We're only speaking about the fact that what he stole itself, he already changed. But he owes you now the money. And basically, everything that he owns came from stolen money. Don't take it from them. And now we're going to challenge this. Let's go. Mesvei. Very unusual that in our Gemara, we're challenging one b'raisa with another b'raisa. You'll hardly find this. Normally, meisvei is that an amoyde made a statement, so you're trying to trip him up by, 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 by a tana. But to ask a meisvei from one tana on the other, what, what, you know, that's unusual. But here, we're trying that. Meisvei, maybe it makes sense, let me just add this, because since this takana was made in the days of Rebbe, Rebbe was at the end, maybe, at the end of the times of the tanoim. But anyways, if a person who lent money on interest passed away and the children who inherited also inherited money that was received illegally. Even if the children know for sure this money was ribis. You know, the father was a, again, he only made a living from lending money on ribis, which means that everything that he had came from Illegally acquired money. Says the Braisa Ein Chayovim Lahachser. Why? Let's read inside Rashi, the Chsiv, the Heshevas Akzela, Asher Gazel. That the thief, the robber, has to return that which he stole. And Vahani and the children, like Gazel, they didn't steal anything. I, again, when it's Be'en, you have to give it back. So Rashi says, and really Rashi is only quoting one opinion that we'll have more about that later in the Gemara, that now that it went over from the domain of the father to the domain of the children, there's a shinoi rishus, so they acquired it. So once they acquired it, they don't have to give it back. The koninu bishinoi rishus. Now by the way, again, this is not, not something that everyone agrees to. Because many people understand Yerusha, that there isn't a shinoi rishus. It's that the children go into the shoes of their parents. But the money stays in the same rishus. But anyways, back over here. And then That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. The same thing. Yeah. They need to keep it. So one second. One second. Says the Gemara, implying, Oh, the kids don't have to return it. That implies that their father, has to give back the money. So that, and you're telling me that in the days of Rebbe, they made a takana, that if a guy habitually is a ganif, that's all he did, then he doesn't have to give back. So says the Gemara Bedinu that the Yamnami ain't a Really, the father also doesn't have to give back. We'll get to more details later. Again, that's only when they do tshuva. He did tshuva. Vahadiktani bididu. The reason why the Brisa is speaking about the children not having to give back this money is because the Brisa wants to contrast this to another din the Brisa is going to speak about, which only applies to the children. Since the Brisa wants to write that if the father left for them a identifiable object which is for example the father stole a cow the father stole a talus 
or v'chol davar hamasuyim, any distinct object, and they inherited it, says the b'raith of the children, chayovim lahachser, the children have to give it back. Why? One second. V'heshev ha'gzela is only on the ganav. And Rashi quoted the opinion that once the children inherit, it's a shinu reshus. So why do they have to give it back? So the b'raith says they have to give it back, mipnei kovid avim. V'kibad ava'im. Kibad ava'im doesn't end when the parent passes away. And now that this is a distinct object, everybody knows, ah, Chaim's cow, that cow was stolen. And every time they see the cow, ah, Chaim stole that cow. Money is different. Because even if it's the same dollar bill, it's not distinct. So since the, the Sefer is, is contrasting and telling you a unique din regarding the children, is toneration, how many do? So the Gemara says, by the way, what children have to honor the parent? If the parent is a wicked robber, why don't we say, when it says in Parshas Mishpatim, the Nasi Ba'amcha, a prince amongst your nation. You shall not curse. So on this, our sages teach us that who can you not curse? What prince, what leader can you not curse? Only if he is Ba'amcha. Ba'amcha means Ba'oisa Maisi Amcha. Only if he's behaving like a Jew, keeping the mitzvahs. But if not, you're not obligated to honor a Nasi, and you're not honor, a person is not obligated to honor one's father if they are sinners. By the way, this so doesn't apply today. Today we look at Yidin, they're God forbid for people to learn this and to think they don't have to honor the parents, they don't keep kosher yet. But here we're speaking about cases where the parents were educated, then they know, and they rebelled. Then there's no mitzvah of Kibbut so answers the Gemara that just like Rav Pinchas answered elsewhere, that we're speaking only in a case where Bisha Asa Tshuva, Hachinami Bisha Asa Tshuva. So we're speaking about a father who did Tshuva. And then he died. And here the Braisa tells you that the children, if they inherited a distinct stolen object, they have to give it back. They have to honor their parents. So the Gemara asks the obvious question. If the father did Tshuva, then why didn't the father give back the cow? Part of doing tshuva is two steps. First, I won't steal again, but now I have to uh, make restitution. I got to make right to my uh, limited ability what I wronged. Answers the Gemara. Yeah, that's the nature of tshuva. Yeah, he did tshuva, and he didn't have an opportunity yet to return it. Well, let's say even better that you know, the last moment of a person's life, everyone does tshuva. Did tshuva. We're challenging this takana that we're saying was made in the days of Rebbe, that a habitual ganef that on his own does tshuva, even though he returns, no one should accept it. It says in Ebraisa, Hagazlonim. Very good. No, the answer is, okay, the answer is, is that when, when even these gazlonim, if what they stole is be'en, they have to return it. Even if everything they have. No, no, no. If it's be'en, if it's be'en, we're going to get this in the end of the Amit. If it's be'en, then you accept it back. Money is different. Money is not called distinct. If it's a distinct object, then you have to give it back. This guy, the belt, the belt... Yeah, the belt that his wife told him, even your belt is not yours, he didn't steal the belt. But she was telling him that everything that you have came from stolen money. That's important. So now, a robber, someone who lends money for interest, even if they already collected it, they have to return it. So one second, what are you talking about? 
Gazlanim don't collect. No, Amalva Beribis is someone who, even though he collected the interest and it was given to him, but since the trade is against giving and receiving interest, you have to give it back. But how can you say if you didn't collect the gazelle yet and returning it? I mean, how corrupt do you get? If it's stolen, you don't say the gazlan collected his gazelle. I mean, you have to be, I'm from Brazil. It's so corrupt over there that, that they look at it that way. That the, 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 the mayor feels that he didn't collect his gazelle yet. But that's, that's Meshuggah. And if loy gazel, loy gazel, that word doesn't go by gazela, so the Gemara clarifies, ha hagazlanim. The Braise is speaking about people who lend money on interest. And the Braise wants to tell you that they are called robbers. And even though the person who borrowed the money agreed, agreed to pay it, without a hetariska, it's gazela. So it says the Braise, even though the person already collected the interest, he has to return the money. But now what's the problem? What did we just learn? That what did they make with Yemei Rebbe? That no, he doesn't have to return it. So the Gemara says, Omri Machzirim, the Ganev who does Tshuva has to attempt to return it. However, the one who gave the interest should not take it. So asks the Gemara, so why does he have to give it? Answers the Gemara, let's say, see they Shemayim. So you have a Gavaldika psychology. Now you have to understand like this. The Ganev has to make the attempt to return it. But the fact that he knows that the made Rebbe, they made a Takana, that the victim, in most cases, will not accept it, it makes it easier for him to attempt to give it back. It's like it's a lot, it's a lot easier to invite guests when you know they're not coming. You're the Grace Come over. And you, attack, you become more hospitable. And then every now and then, there's one guy that says, yes, I'm coming over. And then you're stuck. Which, but the point is, is that this interesting dynamic of the Ganav has to attempt to return it. And he's Yoytzi Yedei Shomayim. But to, to inspire him to be Yoytzi Yedei Shomayim, very good. The Rebbe made this takana. Toshima, another attempted refutation. It says in Ebrei Horoyim, people who are shepherds, and as we learned earlier on, because shepherds, sadly, many times used to allow the animals that they are shepherding to graze in other people's fields. So many shepherds are considered thieves. Or tax collectors. Tax collectors, again, this I can identify with. Tax collectors in any corrupt country are the biggest thieves. Or same people in customs. Again, in most countries, they are mamush ganovim, because you know they have the right to confiscate all of your gold, and they make a deal with you. So all of these people tshuvasam kasha. It's hard for them to do tshuva. However, But if they know from whom they stole, they have to give it back. So clearly, here we have a person who made his living by being a tax collector. He's a ganef. He's a gazlan. He's a chamson. And if he knows who his victims are, you have to give it back. And Rebbe says, you don't have to give it back. So they gave the same answer. No, Rebbe didn't say you don't have to give it back. Rebbe says, give it back. But the victim should not accept it. Omni Machzidim, they have to make their attempt at Shuba by attempting to return everything that they took. They ate Mechabla Behem, but they don't have to, you don't accept it. El Machzirim, so why do they have to give it back? Let's say, Sileh Shemayim. Here the Gemara says, this answer will not fly. Because, how can we say that it's hard for them to do Shuba? Why is it hard for them to do tshuva? 
If you know that you're going to try to give the money back and no one is going to take it from you, it's not that hard. The Braisa goes on and says that if they have other monies and they don't even know who the victims are, so what should you do? person stole from others. They don't know who the others are. You have to return it. So says the Braisa, Give money which will be used for the benefit of the community, which is what? Build a mikvah. Everyone is going to use it. But why do they have to build a mikvah? If Rebbe made a takana, that you know, that you know, takana sashavim. So Sigmar says, nah. One answer is, like Kasher Khan, the second b'risa that we just learned was before the takana of Rebbe. Like I mentioned, they made a stira from Tana on Tana. What we learned here is what they did, they made Rebbe. Rebbe was the last of the, in the last generation of the Tanoim. Before that, you would have to give back. And if you don't know from whom you stole, build a mikvah. The Aiden Project.com, that org, Beide. But Rebbe, that was the Takana. And now the Gemara says, But however, I'll give you a better answer. That Rav Nachman clarified the Takana of Rebbe. That when did Rebbe say that to help him do tshuva, you don't accept the Ganifs, the professional Ganifs. Uh, Attempted returning what he stole. That's only That's only if the item itself is not here. He stole A and he transformed it into B. Then don't take it back. But if what he stole is Ben, then you do have to give it back and you should accept it. Now I'll give you the better answer. When do you need to return it? And if you don't know who your victim is, donate it to the mikvah. That's because they like If what you stole is here, you have to give it back. Khan I asks the Gemara, second line, Avne, the whole story of Rebbe that happened with this wife that called her husband Eureka. Even your Avnet is not yours. Avnate the Gizela Kayamas. And Lukhura, what did Rebbe accomplish by making the Takana? If anyways, he would have to give back the belt if he stole the belt. So the Gemara says he didn't steal that belt. My avnate, the may avnate. His wife was telling him that everything that you own came from the may geneva. The may geneva, that was the Rebbe's Takana, don't accept it. I, even before Rebbe, Rabbi Yechanan ben Gudgedah, Takana's Moresh, Takana's Hashavim, the classical Takana's Hashavim. Vaharei Moresh, the beam. If a person built a beam that they stole into their house, they don't have to give it back. It's But we learned this in getting together. If a guy stole a beam and he built it into his house, that if that person, not if, when that person will do, we will all do tshuva. Don't make him take his house apart. And now obviously we're not saying that the Takan of Rebbe is the same of Takanas Moresh. But we are wondering that they already had Takanas Moresh, that you don't have to give it back. Did the Rebbe change that? Now that we're saying that the Rebbe says, only don't take back, which is Be'en. So the Gemara says, you're confusing two things. Shani Hasam, in the case of Takanas Moresh, the Kivan, the Ikip, say the Bidam. Let's go, step, step, step. Step number one. If a person is not a habitual Ganef, this is a very important Allah Halamaisa. And let's be Malamut Schus. Most people that have other incomes, then take back the money. Let the guy do tshuva. You're helping him. If the person, everything that they have is from Gizela, that then Rebbe said like this. Number one, if what he has is Be'en, and he wants to give it back, take it back. He has to return it. 
with one exception, that if what he stole is here, but it's built into a building, and if he will return it, he'll have a tremendous money loss, then don't accept it. Not only that, then he doesn't have to give it back. He only has to give back the money. That when it comes to the beam, since there's, say, the beta, Shavia, Rabbanan, Kidalase, the Chachamim made it as if the beam is not existent. So he only owns the money. The money he has to give back. But if he's a professional Ghanif and all the monies that he has is from Gazela, that even though he has to give it back, it'll be made a new takana, don't accept it from him. Yovaldik, to be continued.